Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the World Peace Paradigm Podcast. I'm your host, Sunshine. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today, sharing the space-time continuum. You are somewhere in the future. I am somewhere in the past recording this for you to bring value and enlightenment to your life. I got the seven steps of world peace, which I'm about to hit you with. This is a practical way that you could practice in order to help perpetuate the world peace paradigm in your daily life. And undoubtedly, it will reflect in abundance and perpetuity in your very being and comfort. So the seven steps to world peace are step number one. You have a service to provide. That service is you shine. It's everything you bring to the table. Share that service with your community. I'm doing it right now. This is my shine. This is my service. World peace is happening with you and me here today. Step number two. Utilize the services of your community members. Uh, this step is, oh, oh, and tell everybody that you're doing this. This is a very important step because, and you're doing it right now, because this is, I'm providing the service and you're giving me your attention and that is the most humble way I could receive your love. Thank you so kindly. So utilize the services of your community members. Step number three, tell everybody that you're doing this. Tell everybody that world peace is possible. Self-explanatory. We're doing it right now. I'm coming to you from like what the past and it's recorded and it's just out there in the ethers and anybody could find this. If you share this, if you like this, the algorithms will do their thing and they'll jump around. Balling. Step number four. Get together with your community and celebrate. I believe and have faith that someday in the future you and I will get together in some mass gathering and we'll be just having a good old time because that is world peace in effect. When we all get together and have ourselves a good time, that's wonderful. Step number five. This step is important and tricky because you have to have a lot of trust for step number five. A lot of churches do step number five. Governments do step number five. Step number five is contribute to a communal pot. But I'm going to say contribute to a communal pot with a focus and intention on education. Because the future of the planet is in the hands of the little brothers and sisters, little kids that we got growing up. That they're the ones who are going to take the reins. If we give them the, the love and the attention that they deserve just because we brought them here, then the world will be a better place, undoubtedly so. Step number six, the most important step. Take care, number one. You are number one. You are the person who is delivering the message of world peace. I don't know if you could tell, but I've been taking care of myself, okay? And I'm loving life and working at it one step at a time. And step number seven, Practice. Practice the seven steps to world peace. Practice taking good care of yourself. Practice utilizing the services of your community members. Practice celebrating with all your friends. Those are the seven steps to world peace in a nutshell. And I have developed them for us as a community uh, with some friends, undoubtedly so. This is, these are not my sole ideas. These are, I believe, self-evident principles which we can undoubtedly utilize in order to make our lives a much better place. You know, we're, we're all, like, each one of our lives is a dimension of life. And I know the world's a crazy place. I am not blind to the reality. When I step outside my studio, there's, like, a homeless encampment out there that developed over the past year. There's, like, probably 25 people living out there. This is serious situation. It's real. And each and every single one of those people is a dimension of life which has, by their very choices put themselves exactly where they want to be and need to be in order for them to have their realization. As a matter of fact, I'll talk a little bit about my own conscious awakening, which has everything to do with the homeless community because it was a homeless man 
who was lying on the curb that had stricken me to wake up because in, in, in that moment, I was having such a wonderful evening. I was having such a great day. I just finished off a shift at work and it was like two o'clock in the morning because I was working at a bar. I was lit by energy from all the people celebrating, practicing the fourth step to world peace. And I was smoking on a little spliff, sipping on a little, uh, you know, energy drink. And I was just feeling peachy keen. And at the same time, I heard this man coughing his lungs out, sounding like he was in agony. And all of a sudden it struck me. There's like, I was like, what, what can I do to help? But there was really not much I could do. I can't like pick him up and bring him to my house. My parents would flip because that would be like crazy. You know, you, you don't just pick up people off the street and just bring them to your house, you know? So, so I was like, man, this is so unfortunate. And in that very moment, I heard a quote in the back of my mind, ring true, that I read somewhere at uh, Lake Shrine. You guys are all invited. It's a wonderful place. It's uh, right there in Malibu. If you guys ever in LA, if you guys are in LA, definitely go visit Lake Shrine. It's a beautiful place. It's a garden. And there's little quotes all over the place. And the quote I heard that day in the back of my mind by Mahatma Paramahansa Yogananda was, God sleeps in the minerals, dreams in the nature, wakens in the animals, and in man knows he is awake. And in that moment, I realized that Whatever conscience, whatever energy, whatever higher power designed this whole creation, that's my perspective on it, is also residing within that man. And that man's life is undoubtedly valid. And he's choosing by his life's choices to be on that curb and to be sick in that way. You know, there's life circumstances and such and this and that. There's been millions of people who had incredibly unfortunate life circumstances who were able to elevate by their sheer will to a societal status to speak to the masses, such as Martin Luther King, such as uh, Mahatma Gandhi, all these incredible leaders from the past that have inspired me and brought me, as a matter of fact, to speak with you here today. So I was standing there and... I realized that I also have a choice in every way and choosing to be here with you today is one of those choices and it's exhilarating to spend time with you in this way it's exhilarating to devote myself to uh, building this community with you and uh, if you would like you could always reach out to me I'm a very available person I'm not like blowing out of control it's not like I have a bajillion followers on instant snaps to face uh, I'm just a simple man living my humble life doing the very best in my own dimension of life in order to deliver this message to you. So I was stricken by the choice to be a proponent to world peace. And that's when I decided, even though it seemed, it seems impossible in many ways. I was only 18 when I started this path. When I, when this incident happened to me, I was around 18 years old and man, I think it's been like 16 years. I'm not gonna date myself, you know what I'm saying? I mean, shit, I mean, I'm still looking like I'm a young babe, okay? <laughs> Shining, doing my thing, keeping it real. You will see some episodes in the future where I got a beard and much longer hair and I just want a little bit Benjamin Button because my mom's always asks me to uh, stay as young looking as possible because it makes her feel younger and I gotta oblige the mom, you know, because it's just a such a joy and a blessing to be able to connect with the closest people in your life. 
So uh, that's when I decided to, when I was 18, that's when I decided to uh, start this world peace mission. And I only developed the seven steps when I was probably like 10 years later. So it's a definite process. And I'm not going to say that I've always been peaceful. I've definitely been in a couple of squabs, you know, and I definitely don't believe in letting anyone push me around or anybody else. Sometimes uh, someone's choices, and it could be your choice as well, are to be on the receiving end of violence and at the same time to be the deliverer of violence. My point is that we may choose to elect officials and we may choose to eradicate mass murder on a, on a larger scale, on a global scale. I'm not saying that we will tomorrow all come to a conscious awakening and every guy at a bar who looks at someone else's girl isn't going to get, you know, a hearty uh, hello from a, hey man, don't be like flirting with my chick, homie. Because the streets are the streets, you know, we're, we're all people and we have our instincts and it's uh, important to express ourselves fully. And I'm saying you could still be cordial. You could undoubtedly be chivalrous. You could say, pardon me, sir. I believe you're looking at my young woman. <laughs> at my woman? <laughs> I believe you're looking at my lady, sir. And I don't. I resent that sort of behavior. If you so choose, sir, I will take you outside and we could squab up. That's how I believe. That's how I believe the the uh, the polite way, the polite way of kicking someone's ass is. <laughs> so, nevertheless, uh, let me share with you, my friends, a little bit. So, as I was developing this, these seven steps, I've also started working on my own personal character because I believe that our world is a reflection of our interior design, how we choose to carry ourselves within. So I've been working pretty hard, grinding away at my own character defects. And, you know, like, I mean, when I was a kid, I definitely stole a pen at a, you know, Walgreens. Sorry, Walgreens. Okay, well, my bad, dog. You know, I donate, I donate to some charity sometimes uh, to, to make amends for my terrible deeds when I was 12. Stealing a pen or a piece of ice cream or some sort of candy because I didn't have the money or, you know, just sheer ignorance, not really re realizing so, you know, been working on myself and uh, here's what I came up with. And I believe that if you choose, you could find the types of principles which will lead to a internal atmosphere of continuous joy, no matter what the outer circumstances of your life may be. So, without further ado, my mission is to provide God and the universe the utmost excellent and noble experience. I found proof that being of humble service to my family and the rest of humanity is the key to happiness. In order to serve to my fullest potential, I will pursue a daily discipline of self-improvement. I will find equilibrium between all the roles in which my experience takes root. Son, brother, uncle, founder and president of SELA, artist, activist, and community leader. I will shine as an example of what a person may achieve by staying focused on their own circle of influence. I will secure synergistic results in all business dealings with a focus on goals that benefit like-minded active community members. I will practice empathic listening in order to deeply understand the paradigms and sentiments of those who reach out to me for connection. I will help those people build a noble character of their own so that they may experience true joy, inner peace, freedom, and the natural riches of this life. 
I will carry out this mission while maintaining balance between courage and consideration until the day I die. So help me God. So that's my mission. That's what I'm working on every day. And if you ever catch me slipping where I'm not practicing any one of those points, if I'm not listening to you intently to understand you, you could call me out on it and say, Hey, Sunshine, are you being in alignment with your personal mission? And undoubtedly, I will awaken to my conscious self. Because I don't know many people who are conscious in all times. I, it's it's really takes a lot of focus and you got to be on some next level like I do compulsive things sometimes you know playing video games for one thing like it just draws me and I know it's a waste of time I know that time is the most valuable resource that we actually truly have because that's the thing that's gonna run out you could have 10 billion dollars and you're still gonna die it doesn't flipping matter if you have it because you're still going to die. You can't take it with you when you die. So I, I just think that it's so important to spend your time wisely. That's why I'm so grateful that you are liking, sharing, and subscribing to this video right here. Plug. Uh, and at the same time, I'm very grateful for your attention. I think that's the most valuable thing. As a matter of fact, it appears to me as though that in the near future, I want to say the next 30 years, the way we perceive monetary uh, monetary uh, exchange is going to completely change. And I believe the most valuable thing is going to be your attention. And we got billion dollar companies out there right now who are fighting for your information, fighting for your attention, and they're getting making billions of dollars because they have your attention. Facebook has your attention. Guess what? It's a billion dollar company. What? Uh, Spotify has your attention. Guess what? It's a billion dollar company. What else? YouTube? That's where you're seeing this? Guess what? Billion dollar company. Bought out by Google, who also has your attention. So your attention is the most valuable thing you can actually give. So you're like m making me ball out right meow. I'm very, very grateful for that. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun living this life and making the right choices. Uh, like even choosing to be here. It took me some time to get to a place where I was feeling comfortable with this message and I felt like I could deliver it for you so that you could maybe benefit from this. Maybe recognize a little moment of consciousness that, wow, what I'm doing here on this uh, platform is very, very, very valuable and I'm totally contributing to this company. How we spend our attention and time is going to reflect in the type of world we build together. So I am here to implore you to participate in the utmost with the utmost honesty in the world peace paradigm you can every chance you get spend your attention and time with people places and things that are in alignment with that world peace paradigm so you can contribute daily and it doesn't have to be monetarily every time it could just be a quick little like snippet of you know your attention you know you tell all your other friends about this What's happening here? You tell all your friends that, hey, man, I believe world peace is possible. And yes, you're going to encounter a couple of scoffs. <laughs> I love the scoffers. I give them compassion and understanding because it's a scary thing to believe, to think that we can change. Change is the most, one of the most difficult things that any one of us has to do in this lifetime. Like, and we're changing constantly. Everything is always moving. It's a, you know, science is changing constantly. We still don't know so much about this universe. That's why it's so much fun to be here. 
with you. I'm having a flipping great time. Uh, so uh, I've been running a company and it's called Sila. It started out, it's called Herbal Apothecary, but we changed the name to Sila, which abbreviation is Sunshine in LA. Go me with my uh, egotism. Got to throw myself in there. But as I found out that Sila is actually also a word in the Sanskrit language, which means right speech, right action, and right livelihood. And I did not know this when I wrote our mission of self-improvement, human connection, world peace. So for me, on an individual level, it was a major sign from the universe that said, hey, you're on the right track. You better keep plugging away and you better keep working because you can build a company by the choices that you make that will have people who are participating in that company work less than four days a week, six hours, six hours a day, much less than what we're usually used to five days a week, eight hours a day, and still be able to make, you know, I don't know, a thousand bucks a week. What's, what's a good wage right now? I've definitely had people working with me who've made well over a thousand dollars a week. And my intention has always been to empower people who want to be with me so that they can empower others and you know get on their feet like i want for this company to be a stepping stone for people like it's so much more fun for me if one of the people that i'm working with that's doing their service undoubtedly it's a service i do the service like right now the company i've shrunk it down a lot so i'm like one of the only guys out there so i'm working like 50 hours a week for sure uh making deliveries which is really chill it's not like i'm you know i'm driving around listening to audiobooks i'm listening to podcasts uh, you know, I'm talking to the people I care about on the phone, so I'm staying connected. I get to meet a lot of really exciting people, which you're going to get to meet, actually. I'm really excited because I already shot about 12 episodes of the World Peace Paradigm podcast with some really, really, really incredible people who are talented and brilliant and really fun. And I can't wait for you to see their light and share in their... Uh, their missions and how they see world peace being possible. And I really can't wait to have you on the show because the show is open to regular people just like you so we could chop it up. I want to hear your perspective. I want to hear about your mission. I want to hear about how you are uh, contributing to the world peace paradigm. And also, I want to hear from you if you're like, fuck that. There's no way in hell there's going to be world peace on my watch. Or whatever the hell. <laughs> Basically, I'm down to interview Satan, okay? I'm not scared, all right? <laughs> Get your ass in here, you red fucker. <laughs> That's, uh... Okay, I'm a little bit scared of fucking... I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I'm not calling upon any dark energies. Clear the energy. <sighs> Deep breath with me. Goose fuck up. <sighs> so, you will get a chance to meet some really incredible people who I have been uh, honored by their presence and their support. And sometimes we even collaborate on certain projects. Uh, I can't wait for you to learn about this awesome practice of self-discovery that through others, through your partner, that I found here in L.A. by my dear friend Iris Klein, who I will undoubtedly have on this podcast soon. I think the, first, the, second, uh, the second season of the podcast, I'm going to kick it off with Iris. Iris, you're invited. I can't wait to have you in here to talk about human connection, world peace, and the way your light is shining for our people here in L.A. So... Uh, all these wonderful people, and you are also invited, by the way, I already mentioned this, you can totally leave a comment, tell me about your mission, you can send me an email, and uh, I probably won't get to it for a month, but eventually I will, 
and I'll uh, send you an email back say, hey man, come on on, Can I, hey girl, hey girl, come on on, let's let's chop it up. Uh, so those are so th that's some of the stuff that I'm really excited about. So we could build this company that is not egregiously greedy, like these billion dollar companies where the CEOs are making like ridiculous sums of money, which is their right. And I love America because it is their right, but the people get a say. And we can make companies that have a similar practice or deliver a similar service and where the CEOs treat their the people who are with them in the company, not the people who are employed under them. We don't have to participate in this economic slavery where we have like a boss who tells us what to do. Like, I don't want to participate in that bullshit whatsoever. Like, there was one way to enslave people, now there's a new way to enslave people. Both are sneaky as fuck, and I'm not about that game at all. So everybody who comes works with me, we can work together. And that's not to say that we're all equal. Let's be real. In the sense of, we have different talents. We have different strengths. Like, I'm not the genius in math who figured out how to calculate, I don't flip and even know the serums you know, that are out there that are really helpful in science and really helpful in letting planes fly and, uh, you know, rockets. And, like, I'm not an Elon Musk type guy. I'm not, like, a brain like that. I'm a, I'm a big-time heart guy. Like, I just want to hear you and I want to hold the space for you so that you can develop and also see what it feels like when, when, when the space is there. Maybe you'll hold the space for someone else. I'm 100% sure that I've prevented a few suicides in this lifetime. I've definitely ran into people who told me later on, like, man, I was really thinking about offing myself because life was that heavy. And then you showed up in my life, and I didn't do much. I just sat there. Just sat there and listened. And not even anything was said. Sometimes nothing needs to be said. Sometimes you could simply sit and be with and just hold the space. And that could be an incredible turning point for somebody. And... I don't know what else could be more valuable because that person can unlock a key or maybe they'll have a kid who will have the cure for cancer. Everybody loves cures for cancer. You know, I respect life and however it chooses to go out. Sometimes it chooses cancer. Sometimes it chooses other ways. Uh, you know, my point is that being somebody who shines a light is all that needs to happen in order for you to develop world peace in your own life. Like, I'm holding on to this space within, and my life has completely turned around. About four years ago, I was not on speaking terms with my beloved sister, with my own flesh and blood that I grew up with since we were kids. Like, I look up to this woman. She has ch taught me so much about life, so much. She, she painted my pinky nail. Yeah, she's that good. <laughs> so, and now we're in a completely different space. I mean, it was impossible for us to be in the same room together. And through acknowledging my personal defects, my, my character flaws, and working on, you know, what's really important to me. Because around that time when we were in a really bad spot, the company I'm, uh, I was running was making a million bucks a year. Like, I mean, I could have easily had a salary of like, I mean, with the profitability, psh, you know, 200 racks, maybe. So my point is that we could build a company where the salary of the CEO, this guy, uh, doesn't have to be egregiously greedy. Like, I don't ever want to make more money than the President of the United States. I think that that should be a cap. You know, you make like 500 racks a year, that's enough to feed your whole family, 
and then some. Like, you could really put every kid through school. I mean, you could have, like, 10 kids if you wanted to. If you're making $500,000 a year, you could have, like, a really, really nice house. I mean, it doesn't have to be uh, some sort of a Victorian palace. But we really don't need to... Like, I don't need that at all, personally. Like, I'm, I'm blessed. Like, living in the house where I'm at right now, which is a really nice house, with my family, we all live together, like old school Russian family, you know, three generations all under one roof. Everybody's taking care of everybody. The youth is taking care, you know, the everybody's taking care of everybody, that sort of thing. And it's just an incredible, it's just an incredible way to live for me personally. So, so it's a, it's the way I believe we could, we could operate. We, so it would be amazing to build a company, you know, and, and I'm in the cannabis industry. Like it's projected that in 2025, this is going to be a like a 20 billion dollar industry a year. So if we had a if we together build a national company which could capitalize, I don't know, 10 percent of that, and was like a two billion dollar company. Oh my God! Like we could definitely solve homelessness because we would hire a bunch of we would train and educate and hire a bunch of psychologists because the homeless problem is really a psychological problem. Of people who need attention. I mean, I talk to my people outside all the time, because I can't just walk by and like pretend that people aren't there. So I get to find out like what happened, how did you get here, you know. And it's a lot of drugs, which is self-medication. You self-medicate yourself because of feeling some sort of emptiness and just not feeling like you fit in. So you go ahead and turn to some sort of substance which numbs you. And I'm guilty of this too because I smoke pot and I love smoking pot. It's uh, one of the greatest pastimes for me. And at the same time, I'm finding a balance. Like, I haven't smoked for three weeks. And now, uh, on the first, I think I'm going to smoke for three weeks. But then I probably won't smoke for three weeks again. I'm just kind of mixing it up, you know. And who's to say I won't stop when I don't feel like I need it anymore, you know. So, my point is that by working together, by sharing a vision, by believing in something greater than ourselves and devoting ourselves to a cause such as that, we each can find a dimension of life which is resonating with a world peace paradigm and true joy and true happiness. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm flipping lit. Like, I, a bunch of times throughout the day, I'm like exploding with joy and I just want to like call somebody. Sometimes I'll call like my mom. Sometimes I'll make an Instagram story and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> life is so good. And this doesn't mean everything is going great. This guy at the at the car shop the other day totally broke the rotor in my car. I got to pay like a couple hundred bucks and take this guy to court. So that's not really cool. But I don't have to let that ruin my day. I'm standing there watching this guy fuck up my car. And I'm like, how great is this? How great is this universe where this jackass can fuck up my shit and then pretend like he didn't do it? <laughs> I love it. He, he, he legit looked me in the face. He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, bro, you totally broke my shit. He was all like, no. I like, I called the cops and the cops came. They were not helpful at all. We need to reform that whole entire organization. I don't know how many times you've been arrested, but I've been in the cuffs a couple times. And lo and behold, yeah, I know the color of my skin is what it is. And they, like, I've been arrested a bunch of times. I know it could be completely different. So I feel really like privileged because... Even though I've been fucked over, went to court, fought the cases, and like spent a bunch of money and had to hire lawyers, thank God I have good people on my side who care about me. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine what it must be like if somebody, if, to be in that system. Because, you know, I was locked up in that little room, 
with like 50 other guys that are all telling their war stories, one screaming on top of the other. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude, if I get locked up in this bitch with these dudes, this is going to be a hot mess, man. And on top of that, I know I'm going to have to catch a fade because I've been to school in Brooklyn and I've been to school in Northbrook and I know the flipping difference. And sometimes, yeah, you got to, you know, you got to assert yourself so that way people don't think they can just push you around because they totally flipping will. Especially if you're like, you know, all timid and like not like low up on a motherfucker. Not that I ever do. I'm always peaceful. Goose for a guy. <laughs> I get worked up a little bit. So with that being said, my beautiful friends, I would like to invite you along on this journey. And I would like for you to meet some of my wonderful friends. And I am always here for you. Nah, I'm always here with you. If I'm for you, then I'm like underneath you in some way. And I'm like, they're like trying to prop you up like you can't stand up for yourself. Like you can't build your own paradigm of world peace. That's not how this works. This works like you fix whatever it is that you're working on and find the right type of people who are going to mentor you and lead you. Find the type of people who achieved what it is you want and how it is you want to get it. Um, let me just reassure you that nothing material will ever bring the type of satisfaction that you can receive by making the right choices and treating people kindly within your own very self. Not like out there like oh look at me i'm so nice i gave this guy a dollar uh, but like like p private victories private victories are so fulfilling so much more fulfilling than any kind of outer recognition of those things like if if it's getting recognized on the outside then you already know who you really are and when you already know who you really are the universe smiles upon you and everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen for you so that way you can grow so that way you can develop so that way you could develop your strengths and so that way you could share your light with the world thank you very much ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this has been the first episode of the world peace paradigm podcast you can holler at your boy on instagram facebook snapchat i'm sunshine in la 420 on all the mediums i grab that name that's who i am on the social medias and I'll be so happy to hear from you and receive your love, light, support, and uh, conscious calling to a greater tomorrow. And the best right meow. Right meow, 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 meow. That's a weird camera. I know it's a weird camera. That was uh, my director, Dre. He's a, he's a new director. We had Matt here for a while. He moved to Michigan. Love that guy. Anyway, peace out, everybody. Cut. How do we do, Dre?